Welcome to Flower Film Country. This is Isaac Sims. I, I'm, I'm Isaac Olivia. Sims. <laughs> I'm Olivia Clement. I this is I am Walter Lyle. And this is Flyover Film Country. I am Flyover Film Country. <laughs> I am. Hey, hey, look at me. Look I am me. Vengeance. Look, I am. I, I, I am. I am, I am the Flyover Show I'm Country. I'm the podcast now. <laughs> I'm the podcast now. Oh, man. What is happening? I don't That's, know. I just I'm gonna, I start, I butchered that. I was kind of discombobulated by having to toss our cat into the other room for, like, I started recording. <laughs> Literally, I hit recording and... And then I hear, and it was like scratching at the door, and I knew that it would continue to do so. Was, so I went in there really and I sequestered sound. her. So yeah, it was a good anyway, sequestered. Wow. I, I, yeah. hope, I hope our audience enjoyed the little bit of fun we just had because that's all the fun they're going to get in this episode. <laughs> Not true. Not true. All our episodes are always fun. A hundred percent of the time. It's not the last sass we're going to get from Walter. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, yeah, maybe I should have phrased it that way. Yeah. So um, what movie were we talking about, Isaac? We're discussing The Tree of Life by Terrence Malick. It was released in 2011. Um, it was nominated for three Oscars, did not win anything. Uh, stars Jessica Chastain and Brad Pitt and Sean Penn. And in keeping with our theme for this year of good films of faith and bad films of faith. I volunteered this one um, as a good film of faith. So it's the first one that we, in that category that we have covered on this podcast. The other two have been uh, excuses to laugh at bad filmmaking. <laughs> so, wait, the other, the other two, wait, am I an idiot? Or what are the other two bad film, bad faith films we've seen? Left Behind, Left behind and God's Not Dead. Oh, I thought you meant this year. No. And y'all did God's Not Dead before I was even on this podcast. So I'm not counting that one. Anything before my era is not BW. real. BW. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're now well, in you know, That's what Tree of Life is actually about. Like the, the glowing, the glowing orb of light actually symbolizes your entrance onto this podcast, Walter. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I guess. Terrence Malick knew. <laughs> he knew. We, Isaac and I didn't even know each other at this point when this movie came out. Mm. Yeah. Terrence Malick and is then, actually God in, in, in the Tree of Life universe. And the three, yes. and there are three times you see it. And then you see it once in the beginning and then once after like 20 to 30 minutes mm-hmm. and then once at the end. Mm-hmm. And that represents... The three of us, the holy trinity so. of flower film countries. <laughs> sure, God's gonna strike us down for being yeah. blasphemous. No, I don't think so. I think we're gonna say some pretty great things about about God on this podcast. No, so. I meant in that like uh, referring to us as the holy, the holy trinity. trinity. Yeah, yeah. No, I I said the holy <laughs> trinity of this podcast. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> There's. A, there's a uh, qualifier there. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, so basically, this film this film is kind of a stand-in for Terrence Malick's life growing up in Texas in the 1950s. His dad was a, I believe, a door-to-door salesman, and his mom stayed at home with them. And they had a tense, if somewhat uh, good, relationship 
from what I can, uh, from what I've been able to ascertain from research. And Terrence Malick, I don't. So he's not he's not a filmmaker that I have a lot of experience with. This is actually I, I've seen this in Badlands, and those are the only two movies that I've seen from him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's very naturalistic. He's very um, kind of interested in human flaws and nature. And this was the first film he had made in. I, I believe 10 years. Uh, Walter, if you want to, since you dislike this movie, I'll give you the homework assignment of looking sure. up his filmography. Yeah. It was um, six years. I, I happened years? to just be looking at it. Yeah. Cause I was okay. like, I don't think I've seen anything of his cause he did days of heaven, which came out in 78, the thin red line, which came out in 98, the new world, which came out in 05 and then Tria life, which came out in 11. He's done more since then, but those, those were the, One's leading yep. up to it. And Tree of Life was the beginning of kind of his re-emergence into filmmaking again, because he made uh, To the Wonder and Song to Song and Night of Cups kind of like, I don't I don't think that's in particular order, but it, it kind of like sparked this, this re-entrance back into making movies for him, because people always thought of him as a prolific filmmaker and um, and kind of like a, a very, an auteur with a singular vision. And the tree of life was kind of like a high moment for him. And then those three that I mentioned are much more character and story driven with narrative structure and were not quite as warmly received, but I'm like more interested to watch them now that I've seen this or revisited this. So, Hmm. um, yeah, this film is about his growth uh, as a boy, kind of Sean Penn is kind of the stand in for him as an adult and wondering about, um, you know, the place, his place in the universe, um, whether or not there's a God. <laughs> and so like this film tackles that with, uh, all of the tackles that question, questions of like our place in the universe. Um, and it's just as like sprawling and beautiful and confusing as that sounds. So that's, that's the tree of life. And Olivia and I had pretty visceral experiences watching it. And that's Mm -hmm. where I want to kind of jump into. uh, I want to give Walter the floor um, and just kind of start with like our experiences watching the movie. You want. Are we starting with Walter? Let's say you want me to start start with with Walter. Walter. Let's start with Walter. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Let's get the let's get this out of the way. Um, I really did not like this movie. (laughs) I I sent in the in our group chat. Like at, at the, I think it was like the first 20 minutes or so. I was like, y'all, I don't know what's going This is not a good time for me. And then at the <laughs> end, it finished. And, and then I was like, well, Morgan and I watched it together. And we both had the same, we, neither of us liked this movie. We have the same thoughts on it. And I remember at the, as soon, as soon as the credits rolled, I out loud said, thank God. <laughs> 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 because I was so tired of it, especially the last like, like I kept like pick up the remote and just hitting like a button to see like how much we had left in the movie. And every time it felt like there was way too much left in the movie, <laughs> like way too much, way too much. And that finally ended. I said, thank God I did not enjoy that. <laughs> and then, and we didn't really, usually we'll talk about like after we watch a movie together, we'll talk about it afterward and, 
analyze it. And we did a little bit, but it kind of ended with like, I don't really, I don't, why did it do all of that? <laughs> it was kind of where we landed. <laughs> and, uh, and that was kind of it. I say all that also understanding that that is a subjective opinion. That is just how we feel about it. And mm-hmm. I do see how other people would really, really enjoy this movie and relate to it and, and love it. I loved the cinematography for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way all, all most of the scenes were shot, utilizing very simple lighting and color uh, and just really weird and creative and unique uh, compositions and angles and camera movements. Um, there were parts of this movie that felt like a documentary just from the way it was shot, like really handheld mm-hmm. and kind of like almost like guerrilla style shooting. And I really like that. That's my favorite type of cinematography. So that's my one positive thing. So I don't leave my, <laughs> my experience on a negative note. Love the cinematography in this movie. Okay. That's all I'm going to say right now. Part of my research, Walter, to that point. Um, so the budget of the movie was 31 million or 30 or 31 million, I think. And it grossed. 60. But one of the things that made the shoot really unique, um, is that they didn't, I think at almost on almost every set, they didn't have any lights. They didn't have any lighting. Everything was naturally shot. Yeah. And it really, one of the powerful things about the movie, um, that I'll kind of, I'll describe a little bit more in detail here in a little bit. But one of the powerful things about the movie is that you, I felt like I was there because mm-hmm. of the way the camera would rest on like someone's arm or mm-hmm. someone's like kind of like their neck or their neck or their shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that you would kind of glance at like a different part of someone's body while you're just like having a conversation with them. Right. Um, and, and it just, it was, the lighting was really good and it mm-hmm. all, all felt very real. It so, felt very yeah. organic. Um, and again, this is my, the my one really good thing I loved about this movie, you mentioned how it feels like you made it feel like you were there. A lot of that is also due to a lot of um, wide angle like shots, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like like lenses that they they use lenses that at least either looked like what are the angles that our eyes would see, or even wider than that. So it makes it makes yep. it feel like, especially when you get up close to a character like that, it feels much more intimate. Um, so which is not something you see a lot in filmmaking, at least not at like this multi-million dollar like level, you know? So yeah. Yeah. So, good point. Walter, the, the thing, uh, I'm going to, I want to ask you this and then I'll, I'll throw it to you, Olivia. When, at what point kind of like in the quote unquote story, was it the way the story was being told or was it kind of like after the point where you realized that the brother is dead and that you're kind of like having to, follow along um was was it was it just was the thing that was so difficult or uh, hard for you to follow you and morgan to follow was the fact that it wasn't a traditional narrative structure D- yeah definitely like and, and, okay. and i understand that's what i'm saying like i understand that may, it's maybe just my smooth baby brain that <laughs> lacks the ability to like wrap itself around a cinematic concept <laughs> like that um I think I would have enjoyed this movie so much more if one delete the dinosaur stuff. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about Remove the dinosaurs. It. Remove it. I don't care. Didn't want it. Best best no, movie no, with dinosaurs. Honestly, it 
I'm not going to address that. Uh, <laughs> Olivia almost spit out her tea. <laughs> this movie was two hours long, and I kept I kept telling Morgan, I feel like this movie is just wasting my time. And the whole dinosaur part, I mean, that really, <laughs> really could have been gone. Um, See, I'm pretty, fa- I'm pretty fascinated to, and and I think that the people just view this movie differently because of the way that they view movies. Um, yeah yeah and we that's something that we like to talk about on this podcast is like you know the differences that different experiences that the three of us have and like for the most part we have very different experiences except mm-hmm. when you watch left behind on your phone driving 95 <laughs> miles per hour wearing sunglasses on, on interstate 40 wearing sunglasses on the way to dallas <laughs> but but for the most part like we experience these movies differently yeah um but I was very interested to see how you would react because this film is so like it pretentious. is so <laughs> pretentious. <laughs> but there, no, it's it's you are about to go through an incredible life change. Mm-hmm. I recently went through an incredible life change. Mm-hmm. Olivia's been dealing with life <laughs> and so and i think that like i'm not I'm, pregnant i need to clarify it. Not, I'm pregnant. not pregnant not pregnant just not dealing pregnant. dealing with Good like note. the brokenness of life <laughs> right if i'm if i'm not mistaken yeah and and that is in like obviously that informed my viewing last night um but i was very interested because this movie is very objectively like w- what is my place in the world why should I be good if you aren't good? Mm-hmm. God, like all these like internal, you know, like, right. You know, I watched it with subtitles. So I was kind of reading along and kind of making sure that yeah. I wasn't missing things. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, um, Olivia, do you want to share what you <laughs> shared with us? Because you watched it the first out of us in the last couple of days. Yes. Yeah, and then, so I and then Walter Sunday. and I watched it around the same time, and I'll share what was going on in my mind because Walter and I basically yeah. started the movie at the same time mm-hmm. in different cities, mm-hmm. and we we're having very different experiences. But Olivia, <laughs> I don't remember what I said to you guys exactly. I was trying to go back to our messages, and then I realized we texted all morning today. <laughs> yeah, we did, <laughs> which was great. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I don't. Oh, I think I said something along the lines of, oh, I said, Isaac, you're paying for my next therapy session after making me watch this movie. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, life has been difficult for lots of reasons for me recently. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I watched this, so, so recording this Tuesday night, I watched this Sunday night. And so Saturday, I just... I may or may not have had an existential crisis. Who's to say? Not me. As one does on a Saturday. As as one does on a Saturday. And watching this movie that is getting to the point of questioning what's my place in the universe and who am I? Who who are the people in my life? Who is God? Like all these big like existential questions really just like I was just like... Uh, I hate Isaac right now. <laughs> I've never been so bad at Isaac. <laughs> I was just like, this is his fault. Um, yeah, because I, I mean, think I, I think how this move this movie ended up in our uh, schedule for this year because we, the three of us, 
sat down and talked like, what do we want to do? How are we most importantly, like, how are we going to release episodes? Mm -hmm. So we kind of agreed on like, it'd be fun to cover these movies that are coming out in the summer that we know are going to be like topics of conversation in the culture Mm -hmm. um, that we'll have a lot of fun discussing. And then also like religious themes in like the South and flower country. And, and we had toyed with the idea of like, there are good movies about faith. So, and we should, we should cover some. And I had seen this movie before I was, um, I believe I was 12 or 13. And you watched this movie that young. Yeah. Because wow. my, my parents, they aren't, they aren't huge. Um, cinephiles like me, but they, I think that they were kind of, tree of life became was like brought to their attention in a Christian magazine because like it is under like it is very Christian in like very many ways, even though the questions that it asks are extremely universal to like the human experience. Um, and so they, they were kind of, um, they were exposed to it because it was also like critics loved it too. And so mm-hmm. just kind of watched it on vacation. And it, I remember thinking like that was really beautiful and really slow. Um, but I knew that I would probably appreciate it. So I was the one long story short who put it into our <laughs> schedule for this year. So it was definitely a way to start out the year. I'll tell you that much between this, <laughs> between st- this and left behind, and left behind, I've got some cinematic whiplash going on right now. Hey, <laughs> hey! Can you imagine? Hey. Uh, can you imagine um, Vic Saren directing Tree of Life? <laughs> Being the guy who directed Left Behind, yeah. yeah. Kirk Cameron. I'm now incredibly curious. bad. Yeah, incredibly bad. Oh, good one, Dang Olivia. Um, that was that was hard. That was so so. I mean. go hard in the paint, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Walter, when you were around the time that you were texting, um, hold please. Are you trying to find the text? I'm trying to find the text. Um, oh dang, we texted a lot today. We did text a lot today. <laughs> yeah, we did. I would just like to say, <laughs> this is great. I, I feel like I didn't finish my thoughts oh, on yeah, the movie. Yeah. Olivia, I please do. Off. Yeah. Um, I would also like to say we did talk today about how Isaac does interrupt me sometimes on here. So, I did. Yeah. And yeah. he did it, but it's okay. And I said um, it's because of I, misogyny. I you. Yeah. And I just did it myself while I was. <laughs> and you did it, yeah. <laughs> so I love this. This is great. This is great for my mental health. Thank you guys. Um, I love it so much. Anyway, my thoughts on this movie. Here's the deal. I don't think I'd ever watch this movie again. I don't, I appreciate the cinematography. Jessica Chastain is great. I love her so much. Um, But I also thought it was incredibly slow. And at parts I was like, all right, cool. I, I get all the part, like all the, the documentary type shots. That's cool. Those look great. Um, For a second there, I was like, did my Apple TV just, Go to the like little <laughs> the, screen the, the nature thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even, like, even the Apple TV was like, mm, nope, we're gonna show you. Something else. <laughs> we can oh, do something This was else. a movie. <laughs> yeah. So I I appreciate I appreciate what it's like 
going for and it did make me obviously i i cried while watching it but i think it was less about being so moved by the movie i think it and more about just kind of I've just been in this state of existential crisis. Well, really mm-hmm. for my entire life, but specifically <laughs> over the past few days. Yeah. So, um, so I think there was just kind of this perfect storm and maybe that's why I had such a, an emotional response to it. Yeah. I don't know if I, if I was in a different like emotional state and headspace, if I would have reacted the same way to it. Um, but again, I think it's the cinematography is great. It's it's a beautiful film. I don't always I mean, I, I don't think that just because it's a beautiful film makes it a good movie. Mm. If that makes sense. So do you I mean, yeah. do you think it was good? Or have you are you still kind of processing it? <laughs> I I'm going back and forth on it. I think I gave it three stars or three and a half on Letterboxd because I do think like like the the idea like the what they were what he was trying to go for Terrence Malick was trying to go for like I think it was really ambitious to like do the story this way. Uh, it was really different. It was thought provoking. Right. Like I thought that was great. I, I like the the attempt of that. I don't think it it landed for me. Uh, so. If I don't he had know. done also, it. Also. Go ahead. I thought you were done. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no I stopped. And then don't. I was trying to collect my thoughts. Please if he had going. done it in a more traditional storyline, is that what you're going to ask? Like narrative. No, 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 no. Yeah. Finish, finish what you were going to say. Finish what you're going to say. I'm I sorry. I don't remember what I was going to say now. Dang so it, it doesn't I'm matter. Sorry. It's okay. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I promise I'm trying to be better what if, not interrupting Would you, you have enjoyed it more if it was called Q and it was set in the Middle East during World War One, and an underwater minotaur was dreaming about the evolution of the universe? Bro, is this a dream you had? Like what? No. So he's been developed. He was developing the Tree of Life since the 1970s. Mm-hmm. He's oh. wanted to be about the evolution of the universe, and those were some of the ideas that he was pitching to like <laughs> different studios, and they were like, mm, "No." <laughs> that honestly sounds like a more enjoyable movie to me because at least something <laughs> would happen in that, probably. You know, I think I think that um, and Olivia, I I said like, I'm sorry, you're going through it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, I hope it was more cathartic than emotionally damaging because I remember it being the former. And you said it was more cathartic. I needed to cry. And yeah. and I think that that's I think I was emotionally prepared for it because I knew mm-hmm. that I was like, I think that this is going to. For, for several weeks, I was like, I'm going to watch this at some point. I think this is going to touch very tender nerve centers because of. Uh, the relationship that I've been cultivating with my daughter Mm -hmm. who is five months old and I have been having existential mini crises or like interrogating my own philosophy of how I view life basically Mm -hmm. every day since August 8th (laughs) And, and like even before that. Yeah. And so, and so I think that like I'm in, and I'm also in a place now, Walter, I'm interested if you get to this place too, where like, I'm also just a lot more emotional like I, I cry a lot more easily. Um, and I think part of that is like becoming a dad 
I am trying to be a lot more present so that like my relationship with Jess will be strong and we can kind of make good decisions about, you know, things that come up and, and just like enjoy this time while Sophie's like a little baby. So when Walter started texting or no, that started with, is there just, is there more than one tree of life or is it just the one with Brad Pitt? I said, that's the one. And then you said, all right, we're starting now. And I said, same. And then 30 minutes later, you said, you texted it in our group to me and Olivia. The past 30 minutes have felt like a lifetime. I don't get this. IDK if I can do a whole two hours of it. I kid you not. Tears were streaming down my face. <laughs> because... I was the movie basically <laughs> begins with like that that glowing light that we were talking about. Yeah. It's supposed to symbolize like God. Mm-hmm. And then it goes it that actually starts with um with Jessica Chastain the mother as a young girl. And she's talking about how she was raised and it is she's based or no no the first thing you see is Job 38 4 and 7 come on screen. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. So it's like, I've also been reading Job. I've been reading mm-hmm. a book about Job. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this, oh, is, just this is super light. It's just too yeah, much. Total Easy. God yeah. thing. Total yeah. God thing. This is going to oh be my gosh. wonderful. I not, knew, not emotionally scarring at all. I knew when Job showed up at the very beginning and they it was those two verses from Job, I was like, oh, great. I'm going to feel worse by the end of this movie than I do now. Well, great. You know what I love is that the last movie that I saw that started with a Bible verse on screen was Jordan Peele's Nope. nope. So I was like, oh, yeah, this will be the same type of movie. <laughs> but that was Nahum. It was, yeah. I'll cast filth upon you and make you abominable. <laughs> Oh, imagine, imagine if, if this if Tree of Life had started with that Bible verse instead. Oh my gosh, no! Been like, oh my gosh. And that's the that's the thing is like this movie, even though it is like it's kind of punishingly slow, it it left me with a very very strong sense of peace and hope. Um, and you know, like, and it's so it's so like sincere. Mm-hmm. Uh, the when you get to the mother as a child and she's talking about how she was raised and she was raised by nuns and she says they taught us the way of nature the way of grace and no one who loves the way of grace comes to a bad end mm-hmm. and you know even like at the beginning he's the the whole movie is about beginnings and ends like it's mm-hmm. about like literally the birth of the universe is shown in like he was sending film crews to film like eclipses in Montana and then like stuff, stuff around the world for, for years and years. And so you get to see those like planet earth shots. Um, were just really beautiful. I was just kind of like, all right, I'm like sitting through this and like, I got a little bored, but for the most part when it, when I was like, allowing it to kind of be cathartic and be like a spiritual salve and kind of like a way to kind of exercise 
the feelings that I was having, um, and still have right now. (laughs) Um, I, um, I don't know. It was, it was just really beautiful. So I will say, yeah, that line that Jessica Chastain has of, um, about grace, I was like, oh man, that, that really got me. Um, because I just think that one, I don't show myself enough grace. Uh, that's a character flaw. It's my toxic trait, but I don't think that we as, as people, I see that all the time with, with people in session is we don't show ourselves enough grace and we could probably show other people in our lives a little more grace, which is difficult. I think for a lot of us, because even, even though we're, we're told in the Christian faith, like in the church, like that we are to show grace to other people, much like God has shown grace to us. I think that it's really hard for us to do that and we can wrestle with that, but I don't think that we are given the opportunity often to wrestle with that. And so it was just, um, and just kind of things going on in my life. It was like, okay, all right. And then I was just like kind of a weepy after that. (laughs) Um, but I do want to ask you guys a question. Like, so Isaac is a father. Walter is about to become a father and this movie in addition to being about kind of about the bigger picture of like God and everything, it's also about a relationship between a father and his sons. And so I realize you guys have girls, um, still having children. What was it like for you guys to watch Mr. O'Brien, Brad Pitt's character as he, he's navigating fatherhood, right? Like, because he clearly sucks at it at a lot, a lot of different <laughs> points in in the movie, right? Yeah. But there are times where it's like, oh, he's he he can be good, he can be a good father. But mm-hmm. I'm just curious, like, I don't what was what was that like for you guys to watch that on screen? I guess Brad Pitt's a good performer. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. that was the first thing I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. This may this may be my favorite of his performances. I was, I mean, I was really impressed by the by all the actors, the, everybody mm-hmm. in the family, um, especially the, the younger kids, the, the, the boy who played Jack, I looked at his IMDb. This is the only movie he has listed in his IMDb. It's pretty cool. Oh, wow. Which is crazy. I mean, cause it's this, he was in a movie with, he played Brad, Brad Pitt's son, you know, Brad Pitt mm-hmm. and Jessica, Jessica Chastain's son. Um, so I don't know what he's doing now. I hope he's doing well. <laughs> um, but he did incredible. And, uh, I guess to answer your question, what was your exact question, Olivia? I want to make sure I'm answering. I exactly. guess I think my exact question is what what feelings or emotions or thoughts did watching the father son dynamic play out on screen provoke for you guys? Yeah. Okay. Um, for Walter, just provoked anger because he was watching <laughs> the Tree of Life. <laughs> I was already in a bad headspace going into that part of the story. Um, no, I actually like that part of the movie. I like once we got into that, I was like, okay, like now this feels like a story I can actually follow and get behind and, and understand. Um, once we got past the stupid dinosaur stuff, uh, we got to see it still was not a really traditional narrative style. Mm hmm. Like it's still straight a little bit, um, but I gave it a lot more grace there because at least we had like a storyline that I could follow and, mm-hmm. 
get, actually really get to know that's you don't really get to know the characters or what they're going through until about 45 minutes into the movie um yeah and uh and that was when i i that was the most tuned in during that part uh once i started walking in the salt flats after that i was like all right i don't you've lost me again <laughs> um <laughs> but it's called a metaphor yeah who cares isaac um <laughs> <laughs> I guess to answer your question, Livia, the thoughts that I've had, because, you know, obviously, um, so our baby is due to be born in um, less than four months at this point. Um, And so, you know, we're definitely getting close to our entire lives just being drastically altered in a good way. Um, Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the conversations that we have on a daily basis just kind of center around becoming parents, like getting ready to welcome a child into the world. And so... I think we become a lot more um, like I, we just notice and talk about a lot more. We, even when we see babies or children like out in public or when somebody talks about kids, even we're like, it just makes us think and talk about like, oh, when, we, when our daughter does blah, 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 we'll blah, 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 you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so our our headspace is definitely like in like parent mode already. And so um, I guess f- feelings and thoughts that I had was I can tell that the dad loves his children and just does not know how to show it properly. Mm-hmm. And I, I wish that I could, like, I know these are all fake people. They're all characters mm-hmm. in a movie, but I wish that I could like have a conversation with this guy, like, or somebody mm-hmm. who's like him. Um, so just be, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know how to phrase this. Cause that sounds really stupid when I say it out loud. Um, and it also made me wonder, like, what am I going to do? How am I going to react when yeah. my child sasses me at the at the dinner table? Obviously, I'm not going to come across the table and <laughs> throw him in another room. Um, but it's like, you know, I don't know. What am I going to do? It's just maybe mm-hmm. whenever I see parenting happen, either in real life or in a movie or a show, I always think, okay, what would I do in that situation? Because soon I will be in situations like that. Mm-hmm. Um and so I guess I don't have like a real answer for it. That was a really rambly way of saying, I don't know, Olivia. <laughs> no, 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 no. I you should maybe think about parenthood, I guess. Sure, yeah. And and I think that that's fair to like want to kind of sit down with the character of Mr. O'Brien and be like, hey, hey man, just I've got What's some up? questions. <laughs> What's yeah. up? Uh yeah, no, because I I found myself wondering, and I, I realized like, yeah, we don't really get to know we're kind of just dropped down into their family mm-hmm. and, and into the the dynamics of that family system. And so we don't really get to know a whole lot about their upbringing, like the, the parents' upbringings and like what happened with them. And so I'm just curious, like for, for Mr. O'Brien's character, like what was modeled? And maybe this is the therapist in me going, what was modeled for you as a child? Like, is this the kind of parent you want to be? And I wouldn't necessarily say that right. to, a, to a client, not off the bat for sure. But just like, is is that is that what you want to model to your children? Mm-hmm. Uh, because those are conversations I have with clients who do have children. Like, what was modeled to you? What do you want to model to your kids? Like, and thinking that through. And so, yeah. So I think wanting to have a conversation with them, that makes a lot of sense. And, and yeah, I realize you're child is not here yet and so you you're just kind of thinking through what am i gonna do yeah like what yeah no yeah exactly that um i uh 
lost my train of thought is what happened just now. So I'm going to pass it to Isaac so he can answer your question too. It will. And like, and that's something that I picked up on in this movie is that he is, um, the, the boy Jack Mm -hmm. is really seeing God and both his parents Mm-hmm. And he he prays to God about his dad with all of like the same like projecting the negative things of his dad onto like God. And which which, by the way, I'm sorry for interrupting you. Uh, I'm not it. that make, sorry. Make him feel what, <laughs> what you feel, Olivia. So that is is so common for people to project their feelings towards one of their parents or both of their parents onto God. Um, I see that a lot working on a Christian campus is Mm -hmm. people will describe God the same way they describe their parents without Mm. even realizing it. Mm. And it's not always like word for word. Like my dad is like this and God is also like this, but Mm -hmm. it's like if their dad is super angry all the time, God is also a pretty angry God. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense because when you, (laughs) that's the thing that like that i wrote down is that i think boys especially specifically with their fathers kind of resent the resent them because they know that they're like them and um like they resent the similarities that they know that they have with their dad Mm -hmm. and like especially i mean like the scene where he's trying to teach them how to take a punch and how he's man the how he's like hit me as hard as you can like Mm -hmm. on the face it's just one of the most just like emotionally draining things for me to watch because it's like these are boys and -hmm. like you need to be embracing them and like hugging them and like you know play roughhousing them yeah Mm -hmm. and and like and like my dad did my dad was like he he would wrestle with us before bedtime he would do this thing where we would jump on their uh, king size bed and he would um, swipe at our legs with a pillow. And oh, we yeah, just you like, tell, you eat, told me about this, eat it on the, on the <laughs> mattress. And it was the best. It was like so fun and yeah. funny. And we were just like screaming with laughter. And this is like the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I actually told my dad recently too, I was like, I used to be so focused on the ways that we're different and through different, um, a couple different scenarios, I realized like he reacted to several pretty difficult situ- uh, circumstances the way that I would have. Mm-hmm. And it was this moment where I was like, I, I realized how much more similar we are than different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I told him like, I've been focusing on that for quite a while and I don't want to anymore. And I think that meant a lot to him. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's it. So like watching that and then like, obviously the mom is a lot more like an image of beauty and, but, but still like fleshed out in this sense of like, this is the, this is God is. And I actually think that in the background, Terrence Malick actually like views God as a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, um, but he, but she, she represents like the goodness, the comfort, mm-hmm. the peace, mm-hmm. the grace, like, like all of the, like many more of the positive things than like right. 
Brad Pitt's it's, character as the father does. So, yeah. and, and it's so beautiful. And so, and that, and like a bunch of the scenes with her made me, made me really, really emotional too, because it's mm-hmm. like this duality of like, you know, we, we kind of blame. Yeah. Like when we don't feel protected, when mm-hmm. things fall apart and when there's death and when there's brokenness in the world, it's like, well, why couldn't you protect me from that? And it's like mm-hmm. many times, not always, but like many times, like mothers are the ones who embody that mm-hmm. protection, like better than fathers. So, yeah, I, I think the, the, the two parent characters represent flawed versions of like, not the duality of God, because I don't think God has duality. I think God is God and he is like everything about him is in one, you know, I don't know how to put this. Y'all know what I mean? Like, I'm not He's everything that. everywhere all at once. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Which no. Walter still has not seen yet. So. No, it's, it's on the nope. list. It's happening soon. It's happening soon. Um, no, so I, I don't want, I just don't want anyone to think that I'm saying that there's two different sides to God because that means that mm-hmm. God is like kind of split, which he's not. Um, but just like the two major aspects of God, one being the, kind of the more motherly aspect, you know, like Isaac, like you said, like being the essence of like beauty and, um, and peace and, um, and comfort. But then also, uh, God is also, uh, a fair and he's also an angry God. He's, you know, he's, he, God has described himself as a vengeful God. And, um, so I think that combining with Olivia, I wanted to revisit what you said about, I hadn't, I'd never thought about this, but it's completely true is that we, kind of project our idea of God onto our parents and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's definitely because obviously the Bible, um, the writers of the Bible constantly and God himself describes himself as the father, you know, like, like mm-hmm. our father. Um, and something that I, I talked to Isaac about this uh, last week, I think. And then my dad also has just said this so many times to us growing up, but, uh, becoming a father or becoming a parent, but specifically a father, like that's when you really like finally get like a much better idea of like God's love for us as his children. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's not something that you, it's just a different understanding when you become a parent, like, like this, <laughs> this person that you helped create, like is yours to take care of and love unconditionally. Um, and there's not mm-hmm. like quite anything like it. And, um, but again, it's a, it's a flawed version of, of the, of God and his love for us too. So I, I should, I appreciate you saying that as all I'm trying to say. That was a good, that was a good note. So nice. The, <laughs> I mean, and like the, the other things that all of the whispered, like all the prayers in the movie are whispered mm-hmm. specifically when he's like, uh, the thing, the thing that I love, I loved so much guys, like this is the realest thing about like depicting faith in a movie or like someone trying to connect with God, like according to like the Christian tradition is when he is kneeling and he's saying, please help me to like not get dogs into fights mm-hmm. and to not be like, he's listing these rote things like that are behavioral based. And immediately mm-hmm. after that, he says he's he's whispering what are you like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i want to know what you're like 
where are you? Mm-hmm. Do you just let things happen? Like, and, and it's like, and it made me so emotional because it's like, the, it's, it's like, that is the church version of how we present ourselves and the, and then immediately flipping to the real questions that every single person is asking, like mm-hmm. when, whenever they are thinking about God mm-hmm. and try and being like, I don't know. Are you real? Are you there? Um, are, you, are you there, and, God? It's me, Margaret. You're so yeah, exactly. Uh, what shape did I come to you? How did I lose you? Where were you? I just wrote down a bunch of them because they're so simple, but but like kind of you can tell that they are things that he is written in a journal somewhere. Mm-hmm. Why should I be good if you aren't? Mm. Like that's it's it's just one of those things. It's one of those things because it's like I'm thinking about like I have no control. I, I do have control. I do, I have no like complete control over like what happens to my family, mm-hmm. specifically this like innocent child. And, you know, and it's still, you kind of forget, but by the end of the movie, the last thing that said is Jessica Chastain saying, I give you my son, I give him back to you. Oh yeah. And it's like, yeah. it just, it freaking wrecked me because it's like, I don't, I cannot like at, at the end of the day, I do not know what's coming. Yeah. And, and that's the sort of piece that like, that, um, being a Christian and, and believing in the gospel brings us because like death is not the end. And it is like, it is the worst, it, but that doesn't mean that it's not the worst thing ever. On and that's what this yeah. movie is like just ruminating on. And, it, and so, and like, I've just been thinking about, <laughs> I've been thinking about death a lot. And so, uh, so it ended up being really cathartic. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Isaac, I think we, when we were hanging out last week, I think I told you this too, that we have been thinking about death a lot too. Um, and again, not in a suicidal way, just like just the concept of yeah. death and, and what happens, um, after we die. And not that I, um, I'm questioning my beliefs or like, maybe I believe something different. I'm not saying that, but I'm like, what if, you know, what if I'm wrong? What what Mm -hmm. if I think I've been a Christian my whole life and then I die and it turns out I've done everything wrong and I'm not going to heaven. Like that is a very scary thought to me. Um, Yeah. And so, yeah, again, did not like this movie, but there were, (laughs) it's stuff like that. Like that did make me have thoughts like that. Or I'm like, I'm supposed to have, and for the most part I do, but I'm supposed to have this security um, and peace uh, in death knowing that like it is not the end and there we are promised eternal life but again what if what if i'm what if i'm like rad pitt's character what if i think i'm doing the right thing of course i'm not going to be an abusive dad but you know like he thought he was doing the right thing yeah he thought he's being the good dad and then but obviously he wasn't you know it's like what how do i how do i how do i know i'm doing it right you know like that it's scary to think about. So, yeah. I don't know. There's no positive thought on the end of that one. So, take take that as you will. <laughs> there, yeah, there's just um I've I've kind of I've kind of said everything I want to say. I I could I don't think that it would be interesting for listeners to hear me uh kind of I I've connected every dot I think that needs to be yeah. connected in a 
in an episode format. Um, but yeah, I, I just, Oh, Oh, the last thing I want to talk about, cause Olivia, I, knew, I figured you would find this scene pretty interesting when he goes into his neighbor's house mm-hmm. and he's just kind of like, I mean, it was like the whole like 1950s, like nobody's locking their doors. You can kind of mm-hmm. go wherever and say whatever and, um, or go whatever and do whatever. Um, but when he starts to kind of break bad and like rebel and then mm-hmm. he like goes through the drawers in the master bedroom upstairs and then he mm-hmm. takes the gown and hides it and then he just like throws it in the river. Um, I was I was like, I kind of made a note because I wanted to see what our resident therapist thought about like because that's like the that's like the embodiment of his shame. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that it is. I think that a lot of people who grow up in conservative Christian households don't know how to talk about shame. First of all, they, and they feel shame a lot, right? Like, I don't know about you guys, but growing up in a Baptist denomination, like I felt shame all the time, constantly. And so I, I think it's hard for a lot of people to talk about their shame because it feels so heavy. Uh, I also wonder too, cause he's, how old do you think he is? Like 12? 13? I think he's like 11 or 12. Yeah. yeah. So he's probably like, I mean, he's also probably thinking about his sexuality some and like, not that he's like questioning whether or not he's like straight or gay or whatever, but just like sex, what sex is just puberty stuff in general. And so, um, this like voyeur, almost like voyeuristic type of thing at play, even though he, he knows he shouldn't be doing it. And so you see him like feel regret and experience regret as he, hides the gown and then eventually like throws it away, like discards it in the river. And so I think that that's probably at play there too, which I, not that I'm saying that we, I don't, I'm going to guess and hope that, that none of us went through our neighbors, like houses and like stole something or anything like that. I'll never but, tell. No, it's pretty <laughs> relatable for multiple reasons. Actually. For multiple reasons. It's a shot for shot story. Like, <laughs> Example you know, of one of Isaac's memories. Yeah. You know, actually, what it reminded me of was that episode of SpongeBob. You're gonna, you're gonna miss the panty raid. The panty raid. Yeah. And they go to <laughs> Mr. Krabs is like, "What's the panty raid?" And then they go to his mom's house. <laughs> That's exactly what this scene was like. That, that was, oh, they did this in SpongeBob. They did this in SpongeBob. <laughs> That Sorry, episode came going. out before this movie. Frame of so. reference is like, how many like things in here will be like something I have seen on SpongeBob? My, my smooth deal. baby brain. Like if it if I can relate something to The Office or SpongeBob, I'm good. Here's the deal, Walter. I also do that. I probably reference SpongeBob at least three times a day. Gosh, so. thank you, thank you. I feel so seen. Thank you for validating I, me. Of course, always. I will always validate you. <laughs> yeah, I love SpongeBob. It's one of my favorite like shows all of all time. Oh, I yeah. will, and I don't want to put a a, a qualifier to it. Do the it. first four seasons. I was about to say. I, I know, and you know what? People our age, we know what each other means when we say yes. we love SpongeBob. We yes. do not mean anything past the fourth season. 
right like, just nothing the stuff Not that was actually good thing. yeah yes <laughs> anyway I'm, I'm sorry keep going i i tried to explain to my coworker why so when we were t- uh, last week when we were talking about potentially covering disney movies uh, I said, well, you guys can do that if you want. And then you guys were like, oh, like, are you too good for Disney movies? And I was like, I literally haven't watched it because my <laughs> so parents didn't let we've us never seen have this movie? cable. So yeah, Isaac, we watch what you want to watch, but you can't watch a Disney movie for us. <laughs> no, I no. see how it is. Yeah. Well, no, because okay. I said I would watch Freaky Friday. You, oh, you, you definitely did. should watch Freaky you Friday. Did. And so, so I was good. making a concession. Wait, hold on, hold on, but hold but on. you were you guys were framing it in terms of like, hey, we should revisit these Disney movies. We and I was like, that does That's not fair. sound fun to me. Because like I and, and it's not that I'm not a team player because I said I would do Freaky Friday. Um, but it's like you can't like reinvent the nostalgia. That's my whole point. No, like, you're right. But, you're right. But, but, you're right. But, but but with SpongeBob, with SpongeBob, I think it's different because I watched SpongeBob in college with Andrew. Uh-huh. And I was like dying laughing. Like I, okay. I like, it, like SpongeBob is timeless. It I is timeless. I'm, I'm glad to yeah. know because I, I think about that. Like, is SpongeBob just nostalgic for me, or was it actually funny? And so obviously, I, I would adult, never be able to know for humor. myself. That's but why it is. it's yes. like clever. Yeah. Well, and it was also supposed to be an adult animated show. Like it was originally going to be an adult animated show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, you know what? Let's make it a kid show. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I did not expect us to talk about SpongeBob at all on this episode. I could do a whole episode. <laughs> this on, is, you're gonna miss the panty on, raid on the, on the Band Geeks episode. No, of honestly, this is legendary. That episode, that episode <laughs> oh my iconic. gosh, that episode is iconic. It's like it is. It's one of those rare moments in comedy writing where, like, literally every single line will will make you laugh. It's it's nonstop throughout. It, it, well, those episodes are like what 12, 13 minutes. So, like, they just jam-pack it with, like, just (laughs) peak, like, comedy content. It's incredible. Isn't Spongebob on... Is Spongebob on Amazon? It's on Paramount. It's on Paramount. Oh, I think it is on Amazon. It's on Prime and Paramount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't checked since Paramount's been a thing, so... I don't know if it's still on Amazon Prime, but I know it is on on, uh, Paramount, because I've... There have been times where I'm like, I don't know what I want to watch, and so I'll just be like, you know what? I'm going to watch Spongebob. Yeah. I've seen it. I don't have to really pay attention. And if I do, I'm going to laugh anyway. So it doesn't matter. Exactly. Man. Guys, is mayonnaise an instrument? Is m- No, Patrick. Mayonnaise is not an <laughs> instrument. Horseradish is not an instrument either. <laughs> <laughs> when do we start kicking? <laughs> That's the chorus line. <laughs> no, dude, the most iconic was when they, like, he almost gets impaled by all the drumsticks. <laughs> He's just hanging there. He goes... <laughs> Too bad that didn't kill me. <laughs> That's like I do remember the one I when I watched with Andrew, they get stuck somewhere in like in the middle of nowhere, and Squidward's like, uh, "We're gonna die here." And then SpongeBob goes, "Calm down, Squidward. We're not gonna die here." And then it cuts to Patrick, and he's building coffins, and he's like, "We're not." <laughs> I was like, oh, it's this kind of show. It's just incredible. It's so good. Oh my gosh. It's so good. Oh my gosh. Man, I Um, guess now we have to talk about Tree of Life at least one more time to finish out this episode. Man, I had another question I was going to ask you guys. I don't think... I don't think I will watch this for a while, but I do think that like this movie will be cathartic for me, like in the future when I do watch it. Um... 
and I do want to show I do want to watch it like with Sophie mm-hmm. I'm 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 curating like a list of movies that I want her to see in terms of like here's kind of like a a, a cross section of like diverse voices and types of mm-hmm. movies and like you know um on the off the chance bl- that she like gets interested in is blazing saddles one or of something them? like that what is blazing saddles one of them blazing Sa- that's gonna come when she's older <laughs> she understands she understands it which i told y'all that when i we watched Bla- i watched blazing saddles i just like kind of turned it on and sophie was sleeping and jess was in our bedroom and i was in the living room and i was like howling with laughter <laughs> like screaming yeah. like oh mm-hmm. my gosh this is like every single joke is just making me die and she comes out and she's like what are you watching like <laughs> like in that tone <laughs> and i was like this is just the funniest thing i've ever seen <laughs> i i really hope when jess listens to this she comes back and is like that's not at all how i said it dude the number of times I've told a lot of stories about my like my childhood and my parents on this podcast and mm-hmm. almost every and my parents again shout out to Amy and Craig Lyle mainly Craig I don't know if Amy listens to every episode Craig, Craig I'm listens really to trying every not episode. to breathe into my microphone thank you for your <laughs> yeah. feedback he sent me a message my dad listened to our last episode and sent me a message it said who is breathing so heavily into the mic on y'all's podcast <laughs> it said it's Isaac we've had conversations about it so many conversations about it. Hey, so I'm, anyway, I'm sitting. I'm sitting like a good no. You're doing three or well. four inches back from my microphone, so I haven't. Haven't. I, I, we'll see how it, it sounds when I'm editing this episode. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'll keep you updated. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, every time I tell a story about something with my childhood involving my parents on this podcast, never fails. One of them will message me and be like. Well, that's not exactly how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> so the most recent one was, I think it was in the last episode or maybe the one before where I told the story of how I made my dad run a red light. And it was the last I, one. Okay, yeah, yeah. It was and left then behind. I, yeah, it was. And then I called the cop uh, butthead. Yeah. Uh, I, the, you actually the, got the, sent to juvie <laughs> and actually, you're traumatized from The <laughs> cop shot me in the leg and I survived. No, so... Uh, <laughs> All cops are bad. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm not. So, uh, <laughs> the real story was I had said that it was just me and my dad in the car, and my mom had to make it very clear that it was the whole family in the car. And I disrupted whatever trip it was that we were all, maybe just going to even go to the store or something. But I I ruined the whole thing. So, and that's about, it's an even better version than the story that I told. Um, I yeah I love that the whole family was there and yeah. you said that to a cop in front of your entire family mm-hmm. and your parents I'm sure were sitting up front mm-hmm. mortified. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. they need Jessica, to know what I'm about. Jessica witnessed me <laughs> holding back tears, describing what I've like everything that the tree of life evoked in my soul. <laughs> So she, in a way, she received her own podcast episode <laughs> of my thoughts about this movie. She'll be like, mm, yeah. has she not seen? Don't really it? care about the Blazing Saddles one-off. <laughs> <laughs> did did Jess see Tree of Life? She watched part of it, and I and I think she was intrigued, but she was also doing. Uh, she was grading 
some some papers mm-hmm. and she I, she asked a couple of questions and I just kind of basically ended up sharing like my experience about it and she said she would watch it at some point um mm-hmm. but the uh the nights are early for us so yeah these days I wonder why <laughs> children child yeah. daughter girl um, um our next episode is going to be Mississippi grind nice and that's a fun one it's a it's a really fun one do you promise it's, it's it my really favorite fun? it's my favorite performance from Ryan Reynolds he's in okay. that he is I guess I just have no idea what Mississippi grind is about yeah I don't, is it a comedy yes nice yep. okay well, cool. Ben Mendelsohn, Ryan thing. Reynolds gambling their way across the South. It is awesome. Oh, well, that sounds okay. like that sounds cool, actually. Yep. I will say I'm not going to give spoilers for the rest of our year, but um, we have a kind of a stacked year ahead of us for the we movies do. that we're going to cover. I'm really excited to do some of these. It's a really it's a good and diverse collection, I think. Yep. Um, I think we did a good job. Yeah. Well, I was. I think it was just you, Isaac. Did you come up with all of the <laughs> movies? <laughs> if you want to do it, if you want to do it on on the air, we can. <laughs> if you want to argue about this, <laughs> with all of if our you want to argue involved. about this, <laughs> no, I'm I'm kidding. I, you, it's, it, they're all good picks for real. Except now, I know Tree of Life was not a good pick, so I will hold that against you. Other than that, we'll see how this content. year goes. Yeah, it is. It is. I guess. <laughs> we talked about Blazing Saddles and SpongeBob. <laughs> that was my favorite part of the like, So yeah, yeah. Oh man! Thank you well, for cool. listening. If you've made it this far, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. We really appreciate reviews on iTunes. If you wouldn't mind giving us a five star on there, or whatever whatever other rating you think is accurate. And our next episode is going to be Mississippi Grind. It will release two weeks from the date that you're probably listening to this. And we'll talk to you all then. Any final words? Yeah. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We're trying to post more on both of those, but also, but we're we're focusing on Twitter. Is that what we're doing? We're trying to post more on, I don't know. We're We're trying to more Insta. We're trying to post more on Instagram and Twitter. So definitely follow us on those. And our art is by Macy Lummis and our music is by Corden Jocks. They're both little rock artists. Go check them out. They're awesome. I think uh, Jordan is doing a new album soon. So I was going to say, awesome. is he releasing new music? Yes. So, all right. So tight. That. That'll be cool. We will talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening. Bye.